0: steely resolve and sure grittiness it starts with an attitude we need swagger okay regardless of what happens out there doesn't matter keep your swagger Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 5-Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ and Raj. Hey there. So we got Zach on a company vacation. He won the uh, Employee of the Month. So he gets to go to Miami for a few days. On us, no doubt. <laughs> today we got the uh, the Week 9 preview for you guys. It's it's getting close. Like You should either be pretty much clinched into a playoff or you're still fighting. I mean, obviously, this is how you are every single week. But most of you guys know if you're a playoff team or not. We are going to start getting into the uh the playoff schedules and things like that but not till next week right now we got week nine for you injury list artemi panarin is back he's back in like his usual spot which is super exciting uh i think he got an apple the other night yeah he's back and getting points already benajad back in his normal spot on the power place that's just another that's another good look hopefully that sparks something for him Uh, jack eichel out for the foreseeable future. That's yeah. the direct quote. <laughs> it's him and Pedersen are like your two centers in your main league, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is a that's a big, big bummer. Took
1: a bit of a dip lately in that league.
0: So the confirmed quote is out for the foreseeable future. The rumor, and I haven't seen it confirmed, but there have been a couple Twitter accounts out there that are like high profile, trustworthy. Places saying as much as eight weeks if it's eight weeks that's your season boys like if you're in a redraft and it it starts to trickle out that eight weeks is like because right now i'm just hearing it you know what i mean i'm just hearing it from people who have said that they've heard it uh nothing so much like confirmed or anything nothing that i feel comfortable like straight up dropping the kid for
1: i'm hoping it's Uh, i'm hoping it's like when they said weber was career was over and then he was back two days later i'm hoping it's that but i don't think it is yeah
0: something Something tells me that Eichel and Weber are cut from a different claw. <laughs> yeah, <just so. laughs> Dylan Cousins out as well, day to day. Anthony Duclair is back. He started out the game on line four, worked his way up to line one before the game ended, has himself a couple points tonight. Tomas Hurtle back from COVID 19 protocol. This one hurts. Because last episode, I was telling you guys, my best pickup, Vincent Trocheck. I own him in five out of five listener leagues. He's going to be out longer than hoped, which is just a downright bummer because he was absolutely unreal this year for somebody I drafted in like the last round or picked up. Most of you guys are probably in the same boat, too. So it, it's a super bummer about Trocheck. I'm holding on just until I find out. Felino, same deal. Left Friday's game with an injury. Did not return was held out for today's game. Minnesota did things with their lines. I'm not even going to tell you because it's it's disappointing. And they're rarely the same. Like they keep one line together, like this Folino line, but whatever. Uh, Alex, I follow day to day. He's sick. Shesterkin was officially placed on IR, so I stopped getting day to day or out notifications from Yahoo. Rudolph Spalsers out with an undisclosed injury. Anders Lee out indefinitely. And before the game, the lines came out with Kiefer Bellows. On to the top line. So he took Anders Lee's spot on the top line and the top power play bellows so far tonight has two goals and he is, he's a banger. So this is definitely something to be monitoring. You definitely want to get him on your watch list, get him on your radar before he hits any of your opponents rosters and just keep an eye out because two goals tonight to kick off this little stint cup of coffee that he's got going on. He does bang going to be great if, if it sticks. So keep an eye out for that in Dallas, Alexander Radulov inching closer, was a game time decision, did not play. So I think he's pretty close. Rupa hints. In and out and in and out. Apparently, from what I'm hearing, we can get used to that. Jim Nill was quoted in The Athletics saying that they are managing some type of injury. So he needs to be perceived as such on your roster. If you have an IR spot where daily lineups are a thing and not weekly locks, if it's weekly locks, I'm staying far away from Rupa hints right now. But if you got an IR spot and daily sets you like lineups and everything like that I could see holding him but if he's going to be a game time decision every single day that's going to get that's going to get old fast you know what I mean Uh, Nikita Kucherov began skating you know it's like nine weeks till the playoffs or something like that a little early to be uh, just getting on the ice for a nine-week timeline yet there's no real hope of getting him in during our fantasy season or like in the regular season for Tampa unless they can clear close to 10 million dollars so uh, he's just skating at this point.
1: Yeah, I heard uh, I heard them say that just straight up he is coming back in the playoffs. That's when he's
0: coming yeah. back. So. We should have him for the playoffs is almost the direct quote there. Storylines, buddy. This is one we're excited to talk about. Shane Goss this bear dude. Had a power play goal tonight. That puts him up to seven points in his last ten. Close to four shots a game in that span. Four power play points now from the top pr- power play peripherals are like okay it's not what you're getting them for you know i'm watching him there's a couple defensive deficiencies but that's not a category as far as i know in yahoo so what do you think what do you think i like i've watched a ton of philly games he's looked solid what is your read are we adding this guy like can we trust him
1: yeah you have to seven points in 10 games he's got power play points and three straight and he'll he said six shots in the game five four four he's a couple weeks ago, I was talking shit about him, as as I have for years, saying it's going to go away, but it still is not going away. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm looking at it right now. He's available in the league I'm looking at right now, and I'm just wondering if I should hit add.
0: Just in time for him to become a Nashville Predator. Can't wait. I'm curious. Yeah, that's the trade I heard. It's like Eckholm and Arvidsson for Ghost, Gustafsson, and a first round pick. I'm looking forward to it. I want that to happen. Connor Garland, dude, the guy that we were pumping up for weeks and weeks and weeks, has just disappeared. He had four four 4.2 shots a game over his first 10 games. The next 10 games, it dropped down to 2. And in his last 10, it's down to 1.4. I think it's safe to drop Garland. I'm looking at a two a 20-game stretch here where it's floating right around 2 shots per game. That's why we liked him, was that shot volume. So he's got 7 points in his last 10. Only two in his last five. Like you know, it's still not that bad, but the shots have just disappeared, and that was the major selling point.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I guess that's the problem when you're when the mentor on the team is Phil Castle, right? Like the Leafs have Joe Thornton. Arizona's got Phil Castle. Sure, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's gonna rub uh, off. Uh, hopefully, it rubs back on <laughs> um, Malkin, the next guy, man, back on track. He's closing in on point per game. His first 14 games, he had four points. But now he's got fourteen points in his last twelve games. That is the Malkin that we are used to seeing. I think we can see more of this. Like we can probably get comfy with this point per game pace that he's got going on. What do you think? Absolutely.
1: It's it's Malkin, it's, man. It's, it's Malkin. Yeah. Yeah. So if <laughs> so you bought low,
0: if you bought low like we hoped you did, enjoy. I hope that he continues doing it for you. This one, um, probably get mixed opinions here. But Bobrovsky, he is trending up as much as you know you don't want to admit it you don't want to buy in 8 of the last 12 games have been bob starts now he's got 3 in a row as of tonight's game and in that span he is 5-1 one and 1 plus whatever he did tonight a 9-19 over that stretch four straight wins
1: tonight he uh, he won and had a 9-38 30 saves yeah.
0: so so now he's up to 6-1 one and 1 uh, the 9-19 that he had in the previous bit has only gone up uh five straight wins what say you? What do you think here?
1: They didn't give him five hundred million dollars for no reason. I mean, he's
0: supposed to be this good. He just has. well, yeah, but they also didn't give it to him for eight games, and things were looking like Drieger. I
1: don't know if that lit a fire under Bob, or if the coach is finally finding systems that work, or what. But this, I mean, it's hard to argue with five straight wins and, and and a lot of games above 930 again. I mean th- this is what Bob's supposed to be so you kind of have to believe it.
0: Last storyline I got for us is that Nikita Gusev has just been a healthy scratch and this is following what has just been like kind of a treacherous year for him. It's got to be drop territory, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't uh, think there's many people holding on at this point but man A healthy scratch again tonight. Uh, He is on the trade block from what I'm hearing. He'd be a good add to a bunch of teams in their bottom six and things like that. But, you know, until that happens, I am – I'm out on Gusev right now. You know, he's a second-half performer, or at least he was last year, and, you know, just can't keep waiting, you know. All right, man, back-to-back sessions. We've got a bunch of them this week. On Monday and Tuesday, Pittsburgh and Boston play a back-to-back series. I think the only – Goalie that's worth touching in that one is Casey DeSmith. Not even worth, like, available is Casey DeSmith. And I don't think either of us are that crazy. No. No. No? Washington's the next team. They got Buffalo, and then they got the New York Islanders. But I think Samsonov and Vanacek are both pretty widely owned, so that's going to be hard to come by. But I like both those games. Like, I'd I'd rather have uh, whoever gets Buffalo, but...
1: Yeah, Washington's really good. <laughs> I would I would take whoever, but, yeah, like you said, they're pretty taken at this point.
0: I got little to no love for Curtis McElhaney, so I don't know how you feel about uh, Nashville-Dallas back-to-back set where they are home against Nashville, and then they fly to Dallas in the second half of a back-to-back. So it's going to be tired. They're going to be traveled. Seeing Dallas, I don't know which game McElhaney is going to get. Maybe Nashville? I don't know. What do you think? Any chance you go there?
1: I mean, that's that's one I would take if I was desperate, but definitely didn't reach
0: for that. Yeah. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday is hard. You know, you're, uh, hopefully you're not finding yourself in a de- desperate position on Monday. Uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Buffalo, season's Buffalo has a back to back. They see Washington and New Jersey. You know, I'm not, no, I'm not doing Buffalo goalies right now. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, Wednesday has no back to backs. Wednesday, Thursday has. Three, So they got Winnipeg versus Montreal and Edmonton. Laurent Bressois,
1: maybe? Yes. What do you think? Yeah? You like him? Yeah, I do. I mean...
0: Even up against Edmonton, if nah, that's the case? No, that's too scary. Even Montreal, like, they're coming on again a little bit.
1: Yeah, but I'm less offensively scared of Montreal. Bressois is great. He just beat uh, Toronto tonight. Sick. Good for him. Yeah, he's got a fantastic save percentage this year, actually. he's He's got way limited numbers, but all of his numbers right. are actually better than uh, Hellebuck. But that's not all of fair. his
0: seasons are small
1: sample sizes, but... Yeah, not a fair yeah. comparison, but he's he's great.
0: Edmonton versus Calgary and then Winnipeg. Any love for Koskinen here? No. No. Yeah, I'm with you. Not for me. Um, <laughs> the Flyers, like they tried to give Hart an extra game off just to get his head in a good space uh Elliot gave up too quick or something like that and um you know Hart got the second half of the game so you figure Elliot would be the backup in this scenario they're on the road against the Islanders uh sorry the the Rangers then the Islanders so they got uh the Rangers on Wednesday Islanders on Thursday would you try Elliot against let's say hopefully the Rangers
1: I don't know the Rangers look pretty hot they crushed Boston uh, yes. this morning um Panarin's yeah, back did. Buchnevich is on fire. I don't. I don't think I would want a goalie against the Rangers right now.
0: Yeah, me neither. Friday, Saturday is chock full. So we got Washington and New York Rangers have a back to back set. Um, you know that one again. You never know what what kind of game you're going to get out of those guys. But like it's it's Keith Kincaid and Alexander Kuznetsov right now. I'm not. I'm not touching Kincaid against Washington. But maybe <laughs> if you can get a if you can get a check, fine. Jake Allen versus Vancouver. What do you think there?
1: I kinda have to say Vancouver's gonna score
0: a lot. But <laughs> good that's good to hear. Yeah, I think so. Jack Campbell, um, you know, they they got a little bit of time off here, the the Maple Leafs, they don't play until Friday. And Jack Campbell is day to day at the moment. So let's say he's back for a game against Calgary Friday, Saturday. Do you like Campbell there? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then St. Louis and San Jose have a back-to-back set. I would probably like to get some Huso on that one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. He's uh,
1: <laughs> anybody against San Jose.
0: I'm with you. And then Saturday, Sunday, we got Tampa. They're going to see Chicago and Florida. Again, Mclaney I don't know how you like him against Chicago or Florida.
1: Both of those teams can score, so I wouldn't. Yeah,
0: I'm out. Pittsburgh and New Jersey. They have a back to back set. I guess the Smith versus New Jersey would be appealing. Yeah, one of the very few times it is, but yeah. Yeah. Nashville, uh Renee, hopefully Soros is back by then. If not, we might see Connor Ingram, but they got Florida and Dallas. I'm not I'm not doing either of those. No thanks. And then Florida as well has Nashville, Tampa. Again, you know, maybe Dreger versus Nashville if that's the way it, it kinda trickles out. But otherwise, no. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. Dallas, Ottinger's been the better goalie. They got Detroit and Nashville. I would would probably chance it on these two teams. Yes, I would take either. All right, that's going to move us into the best and the worst schedules. Pittsburgh and Tampa have the quantity, but I think Vegas might even have the quality here because they got four games, three off nights. But Tampa and Pittsburgh... They have five games, two back-to-back sets, Monday, Tuesday, then Saturday and Sunday. Pittsburgh has Boston twice right off the bat, and then Thursday, Saturday, Sunday against New Jersey. Yeah, Pittsburgh has a pretty solid schedule with three times New Jersey, which is which is good to see. I think there's going to be some goals to be had there. We're going to be talking to those guys coming up here. Tampa, this one is super exciting, and I'm going to get to it when I talk about Alex Killorn. They got Nashville and Dallas to start. And then they got Chicago Thursday, Saturday, and then they got Florida on Sunday. So I think that's going to be going. They don't have the quality, but they got quantity. Four game teams with three off nights are Vegas and LA two off nights. Four games is Vancouver, St. Louis, New Jersey, Dallas, San Jose, New York Rangers, Montreal, Calgary, and Washington Four games. One off night is Winnipeg, Nashville, Florida, Edmonton, Boston, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. There are three teams with two games toronto ottawa and columbus where columbus has no off nights so any of those fringe guys in columbus i think you can probably part with In ottawa i think it'd be a good time to move on from like you know josh norris you can maybe hold drake batherson but i think he'll survive a uh, a waiver wire stint buddy let's start off with team takes pittsburgh what do you got there
1: Kapanen.
0: yes i had him as well
1: 32 percent and he's he's doing well with malkin uh, along with Malkin doing Malkin stuff again.
0: Yes, I think they're playing off each other pretty well.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% down for him. Like you said, 32% owned. He he does a little bit of the hitting, not too much, but you know for points for him, I'm I'm in for him.
0: Yeah, dude. 11 points in his last 10. Only 15 shots on goal, so shot and a half a game. Five goals on those 15 shots, 33% shooting. But again, we're looking at a five-game sample size coming up, so. I will not be mad if he goes 100% shooting during this stretch. So, 30% shooting over the course of the next 5 games, I don't care. Like we're not making year-long suggestions here or anything. Like you said, he's got a, uh, just over a hit of game. He's second line with Malkin, Evan Rodriguez taking McCann's spot while he's out. Um seeing power play two time, fine. We got to talk about Brandon Tanev, man, who's 40% ESPN or 43 in ESPN. in Yahoo. He is fourth in the league in hits and five games worth of those 4.5 hits per game. We're looking at an absolute category shift here. Like I don't care that he's got three heavy nights, but you're going to get, it's like 28 hits out of the guy (laughs) on average as a floor. Like that could, that could majorly change a category for you.
1: Well, that's almost a win in itself. And I'm going to talk about Gudis later on. It's the same situation. Like, winning a category, it doesn't matter if it's goals or hits or blocks or what. A category is in a category league, right? Then it's uh, it's all the same. But uh, his points are what's really shocking in recent games.
0: Yeah, they're always up there. And you got three against New Jersey. It's not like it.
1: A- Dude, in his last five games, he has six points.
0: So you'll get that every <laughs> once in a while. I don't, I'm not banking on it, but uh, yeah. Uh, for defense, I just wrote pass.
1: Pass. No, thank
0: you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really interested. That Like, I don't know. There's not much there. There's not much there. There's better options. For Tampa, uh, so last episode, we were chirping GMs for chasing Yanni Gord's four-point game. Turns out the dude is centering the second line with Anthony Sorelli, riding sidecar on the top line with Pilat and point. Gord did not have any points since that four-point game, but, you know, you're centering Stamkos. That's Pretty sweet. Uh, so he is going to make his way into my streamer suggestions, but I do want to start off with Killorn because I think this will kind of, it'll it'll start to paint the picture for the rest of the schedule here. Killorn is 32%, Yahoo, 26% in ESPN. He does a little bit of everything, nothing like crazy, but he is on the top power play, and that's what excites me the most here because Tampa Bay is going to go up against Nashville, who has the 30th ranked PK. Dallas is in the bottom half. They're 17th. Chicago's 24th. And they get to see Chicago twice. And then Florida is eighteenth right to power play. So they or penalty kill. So they are playing bottom half penalty kills the entire se- or the entire week. Killer and trails the top power play performers. He's only got four. He had a power play goal tonight, but given it his availability and given his exposure to the best players on that team, I think he is probably the best option you can get for points yeah for sure there's obviously people who aren't available
1: although I mean Sorelli is down to forty seven percent and he's been scoring more than he usually does,
0: yeah, six points in his last seven since returning, you know kinda of, like he's still not shooting. it's never been his really thing, but he he hits um but there's like a distinct pattern of this game I'm gonna hit, and then this game I'm not going to hit, yeah, like, there's a bunch of zeros, but then there's like a five two threes, a two. You know, so he he makes up his mind before the game. It seems, eighty six percent in ESPN. So he is just not available in that league. Uh, there's a lot of disparity in between ESPN and Yahoo. I think it has a lot to do with like um, size of the rosters. I think standard for ESPN is like twenty two, and standard for Yahoo is like sixteen. So your pools get a little bit bigger. Uh, but Sorelli's on a sixty nine point eighty two game piece on the back of you know some questionable underlying metrics, but it's, you can't deny the run that he's on. Um, Andre Plot, just go check seventy eight percent in Yahoo, and then Yanni Gord, um, four points, that one game, and then two goose eggs. But there's always that chance. I mean, if you're if he is going to be playing with Stamkos all week, I, you know, I'll raise an eyebrow. What about on D? Anything there for you?
1: Uh nothing particularly. I mean, there's the obvious,
0: but they're taken. Sergachev, I suppose. And he like eighty five percent. in Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind McDonough for bangs. He's eighteen percent. You know, he's available
1: for for one of those type of guys. Yeah, but. it's
0: it's kind of just like, eh. You know, I, I got an extra spot, so yeah, even, it's not exciting or anything.
1: Even like Chernak is not hitting like crazy like he used to. He's two a game, but not like something that's you know going to change the world here.
0: All right, that's gonna move us into our solo take. So I'm gonna start us off with Vegas. Um they got those four games, they got San Jose twice and then LA twice, which is super enticing. Uh the storylines there, Marc Andre Fleury had like that really quick stint on the COVID list, had us all kind of convinced we were gonna see Logan Thompson Logan Thompson and Oscar Don's duo, but we did not. Uh and Dylan Coglin had a hat trick and is now on Power Play two. Uh went all the way up to one percent owned in Yahoo! But I I still don't think there's much there. He's, like, getting 14, 15 minutes a night. My streamer suggestions aren't far off from what they have been. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, still available, man. The shots have come back down to, like, one a game, thanks to two zero-shot games and two two-shot games. After his absolute breakout, where he had three shots game for two games, uh, 19% in Yahoo, 22% in ESPN, uh, he's still got three points in his last four since then. The minutes are great. He's centering Stone in patches on the top line. He gets power play one time, so does Cody Glass. But they're both they've both been pretty quiet on the power play. They they both have four power play points, which strangely enough is good for second on the team. Uh it's a seven-way tie behind Mark Stone. Uh Glass, while he's got power play one, you know, and that's kind of appealing, he just is not really doing it. He's kind of been muted this year. Two points in his last dozen games and nothing in his last five. Gotta talk about Alex Tuck, fifty-four percent Yahoo here. Three games with no points, given the old rope dope to GMs who went out and picked him up after a spree. But he is liable to go off at any point, man. It's it's very much in his wheelhouse. I don't think we stumbled across like a long term hold here or anything, but he is very much a worthwhile streamer. On D, I like Alec Martinez. He is averaging over a half point per game. He's not getting much power play time. Uh fifty percent Yahoo. Um you know, he he provides pretty decent peripherals with an emphasis on blocks. And then if you're in a deep league where Martinez at 50%, you know, one out of every two, or if you're in a super deep league, take a look at Nicholas Haig, man. The perifs are there, 20 hits, 10 blocks over the last two weeks, which is eight games, two shots on game, three points. You know, it's, it's not stellar, but if your league's deep enough, that could actually start to look good.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. A lot of good players on that team. It's just a matter of trying to get, uh, try to get in the action, right? Yeah, best chance. I like Stevenson. I do like Stevenson and Tuck, though. Um, Bang. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know who I got.
0: No doubt. Uh, this time through luck.
1: Yeah, so I got the Canucks. Uh, they got two coming up against Ottawa, which should be easy. Although Ottawa has surprised a few teams. And then two against Montreal. Um, we all know how the first few against Montreal went when they got their shit pushed in, but uh, Montreal hasn't been doing as well in and, and the way Demco's playing uh, who knows um, so that could be better than uh, than it seems. They've got kind of the usual suspects, Edler. a lot of blocks again four four blocks a game recently. Um, he's averaging about two shots as well. Uh, but that's kind of all not a lot of offense. A couple of hits though. If you really want to pull your hair out, you can go with Jake Virtanen, uh, right wing, one percent. So he's available. Uh, but right now, as long as Patterson's out, he's promoted up to uh, line two with Patterson or with uh, Pearson and uh, Horvat. So he's been doing uh, pretty well. It, it's it's scary, but he gets three hits, a couple of shots.
0: He's, yeah, he's so risky.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. He's like he's very risky, but. Um, the hits are nice. At least you get something. Maybe you get three goals. Maybe you get six minutes ice time. Of course, I can't uh, do anything without talking about Nils Hoglander, left wing, 7%. Uh, but he is line one with Miller and Besser right now, as long as Pedersen's out. So yeah, I mean, Hoglander, uh, another guy, his offense has dried up a little bit, but he's just so good. And that line is just so good. He's bound to get into something. And if not uh, he just looks really pretty the whole time.
0: Uh, that's it. It's the last of the whiskey. Got to get to the store. Yeah, five hole is out indefinitely until I get whiskey. I got uh, St. Louis coming up next. They are very much shaking things up. Right now they got Zach Sanford on the top line. There was a little flash of Kiro on the top line, but then they went back to these line uh, line combos here. Sanford, ROR, and Peron with uh, Blay, Shen, and Tarasenko, Hoffman, Sunkfist, Kiru. I'll have to check the uh, post game, see what went on there. But um, that's what they're giving us right now. And you got to look at Zach Sanford, man. He is riding a very unsustainable eight points in his last two weeks, which is seven games, shooting close to 30%. The hits are there. They're going to be there. That's one thing we can count on. Uh, this one will kind of wither if he loses some top line, Top six time, but he has been trending up since before that promotion. So it's worth mentioning again, Raj, you brought him up earlier this week or last week. Uh, and if, you know, if you took it as advice, sage advice, then you'd been enjoying some of these points. The hits we can count on, the points might go. Jordan Kiru is slowing down a little bit, 42% in Yahoo, 40% in ESPN, four points in his last seven, still riding a 64-point pace over a full season. The shots are pretty good. I'd love to see him get back with Tarasenko, but uh, you know, here we are. Like you were saying earlier in the, in the week, Robert bortuzo probably the most exciting guy left in San Jose to talk about over averaging over a hit and a block each game. It's not really worth rostering, especially, but if, you know, if you're really up against it, um, you know, 0% he is available. I will throw to you for New Jersey. New Jersey, well, that's fun. Sure. I
1: mean, they got one against Buffalo, which is good. That's always a an uplifting thing, especially with Eichel out now. Uh, but then they got three against Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh has been turning it on a little bit lately. Uh, a couple of off nights, as you mentioned. Uh, Jersey's been losing a ton, um, you know, just COVID, injuries. Name a captain, then he's out, and just, you know. Because uh, of all that, I don't have anyone owned above 50%.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? They're all streamers at this point.
1: So basically, yeah, you can get whoever you want. Uh, and for whatever reason, every week, it seems like New Jersey has a great schedule. They seem to come up as uh, one of our teams to talk about every week. It's just that they're, well, anyways. I tried to grab a couple of guys that we haven't talked about too much. Um, are you ready for this? Travis is Zajac, Ooh. 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Five assists, seven hits in his last four games. It's like
0: they alternate who gets to be hot for a certain point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't, uh, they don't <laughs> ever stay too consistent or all at the same time or f- for more than a period. But uh, yeah, I mean, as as New Jersey's kind of dicking around, uh has picked Kokenan, up yeah. his pace and uh, is making the most of it right now, and he has the greatest named the greatest named line mates right now, Kaukonen, Kaukonen. And Igor Sharangovich, Sharon, Sharon Govich. Um so Very close. you know, it doesn't sound like good, a though. very consistent situation, but definitely <laughs> a fun line to listen to announcers try to say. Uh, or me. Uh, and P.K. Subban, uh, you know, D, 22%, five points in his last eight games, shooting like crazy, you know,
0: Nathan Bastion, <laughs> four hits. So I got L.A. next. Um they got three off nights, which is pretty spectacular. They're one of two teams that have those three off nights. They see St. Louis twice, Monday and Wednesday, and then they got Friday, Sunday against Vegas. So it is going to be an uphill climb for them. But we got to start off with Adrian Kempe, who just had a destructive week this last week. Um He always finds himself in our L.A. streamer suggestions, and I think rightfully so. I mean, following some heavy results this week, we've watched his ownership skyrocket almost to the halfway mark. Kempe is taking over for i follow as he's day to day at the moment um, and is also featured on the top power play, which is exciting. Jeff Carter comes up as well because Kempe was always there, but Carter is now filling I follow spot. Carter, who's great for shots and goals, hasn't connected much, but a look on the top power play could spark something. So Carter's only 13% where Adrian Kempe is now 49. But yeah, you guys like Kempe was all over every kind of outlet. He had a, he had a monster of a week. Um, just trust me on that one. Andreas Latham CU, 2%, 4% ESPN. This one's a bit of a stretch pass. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. You brought it up in the last episode. I'm not 100% confident in calling him like a surefire hit or anything, but the deployment is okay. He's playing with velardi line two power play two. So it's out there, just kind of a PSA. Uh, that's what I got, you know, nothing much going on at D, so I can't really... Can't really talk about one here, but you got Dallas coming up next, and I know we're going to hear about Esselindell.
1: Oh, Dallas. Uh, has there been a more bipolar team in the last few years? I don't know. Uh, Radulov, I think, is back. They say he's back. It d- I doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, it's Dallas. They're really all kind of going to shit. Kudobin's a piece of junk. Uh, Bishop and Sagan are still a month out. But having said all that, I think there are some buy-low options. Uh Although I don't want him, you could look at Radic Faxa at 2% owned. Uh, three points in his last four, including a power play. Um, you know, So logically, uh, Dallas took him off the power play. Why not? Uh, but he gets a few shots, a few hits. Um, but he's very risky and stressful. Uh, the guy I do like is Garyanoff, of course. Um, he was not very good for quite a while. Ate shit for a couple of weeks straight, basically. But he's showing signs of life. Um, he's only a few points. He doesn't have the hasn't been coming through yet. But uh, lots of hits, a ton of shots, twenty-one shots in his last six games, um, and he's playing the point on power play one. So all the opportunities there definitely worth a shot. And he's left wing, right wing. Uh, twenty percent owned. So he's he's good. You can fit him in. Um, I love the dual eligibility. And then I had a, a not a a stream thing really, but potential guy to look at. There's a lot of people disappointed with and uh, me included. I had my finger on the trigger just to dump him for, for nothing and pick up you know like a Goss despair or something. But he has been
0: doing well again. That he has not amazingly, Gauss but uh, uh, better. <laughs> Uh, update on uh, Jason Robertson. He had a two-point game, followed that up with a four-point game, then had two goose eggs, but the minutes, man, 21, over 21 minutes in his last game, and then, like, over 17 in this one with four shots. So, like, he's trying, man. He looks good. He's one of their best prospects. So definitely something in a monitor. But uh, if Rattle comes back and muffs all those line combos up, it's it's going to be brutal. So I got San Jose up next. Um Zach, is 0 for 2, man. Like, he called out Gavrikov, and, and now he's welcoming a child. And, and now Balser's, man, like, he's out. Uh, he was a game-time decision on Friday, but he did not play. Okay, so they got the Knights twice, and then a back-to-back set with St. Louis, where Wednesday and Friday are their two off-nights. So, it's, I mean, it's not pretty, you know. There's, there's not going to really be a favorable matchup for San Jose this year. But I want to talk about Carlson and Burns, man. Like, what do we do here? Obviously, we got to adjust our rankings and like tiers going into next year, but. Jesus, like Burns is below three shots a game for the first time in eight years. He's seeing power play two as Carlson looks to earn at least a portion of his paycheck. The peripherals have like kind of evaporated from Burns. Uh, and I don't know if there's going to be anything close to replacement value on the the waiver wire or anything. But like, what would you do? Are you just holding and kind of like biting the bullet on this one? Do you sell low? Like Carlson has been kind of heating up a little bit. Five points in his last six. The peripherals aren't there. But uh, you know, it's good to get some production. What do you what do you even what do you do, man? What are you gonna do?
1: Well, I actually just picked up Carlson. Um he's on the waiver wire in a lot of our listener leagues and I just I needed a D in one league and I took a shot and you know what? He's again, he's an eleven million dollar defenseman. It's not crazy to see him do well for a while. You know, he's not the guy he was five years ago.
0: Yeah. It's just tough cookies right now, man. That's all.
1: Yeah, but, you know, like, definitely better. He's getting the points, and uh he does get the peripherals a little bit. So
0: right. uh, he's free. So I got Kevin LeBanc starting it off, man. 6% in Yahoo point per game over the last couple of weeks, and very quietly, too. I mean, there's hardly any buzz about him. I think it's just kind of the name, San Jose Sharks, leading the title that keeps him from getting any airtime. Uh, but he has been shooting over twice a game. He's connected on close to 30% of those shots, 11 points in his last 12, too. So Kevin LeBanc on a little bit of a heater here. And with four games this week, an offensive option, it's 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 there. Uh, San Jose is kind of icky, but I don't know. And then on D, I like Ferraro, man. He just, he bangs. I mean, Eric Carlson's kind of in just-go-check territory, but Ferraro's not at 2%. Rod, you got the New York Rangers up next.
1: Yeah, I got the Rangers up. I mean... Bushnevich what's he up to now? Yeah, exactly right. He's up to leading his team and scoring, and I'm beginning to wonder if people actually listen to this show. We've talked to Bucinavich every episode for I
0: don't know how long. He's up to 28. We, we've been talking yeah, he, about him at 22% owned.
1: Yeah, 28%, but we've talked about him how many times? <laughs> like, Just about. Yeah. Uh, obviously joking a little bit, but he is leading the team and scoring. um that will change now that Panarin's back. I'm sure, but uh, he's 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 been super consistent. What else do you need to say? Listen to other episodes if you need more details. Uh, Strom, fifty seven percent, so he could be there. Uh, five points in his last six, and he's playing with Panarin and Blackwell, and he's on PP one, so uh, he should continue to do decently well and then my favorite of all actually is Jacob Truba. He's he's down to 40% owned.
0: 40%? What the
1: fuck? Yeah, exactly, right. So 40% owned. He's an elite banger. He covers a lot, man. Yeah, in terms of category leagues, of course, right? Like in category leagues, he's going to get you elite numbers in two categories and he gets the odd points here and there. You can't you can't overlook that fact, that, right? Said it many times, but winning blocks is the same as winning goals in a a categories league. So guys like that can matter. And
0: at 40%, yeah, give her. Tony D'Angelo, still 21% owned. Why?
1: Yeah, so like almost as owned as That's
0: That sucks, dude. That sucks. I got Montreal coming up next, and I want you guys to keep an eye on their line combinations because I I get the feeling that Ducharme is kind of experimenting a little bit. Uh, Deneau got hurt today, did not return to the game as far as I'm aware. But line one was Duran, Suzuki, and Anderson. Line two, Toffoli, Kokanemi, and Gallagher. And line three was Tatar, Armia, and Dano. So it's great for a Suzuki on line one to flourish kind of into the one C that they are hoping he'll be. And I like the look for Druin too, man, on t- on line one. Druin's being featured on Powerplay 1 as well, which has evened out closer to a 50-50 as time goes on under Ducharme. So it doesn't look like they're going to stray too much from that. Uh, early on, it looked kind of like a 60-40, but maybe the small sample size kind of uh, threw that one out of whack. For me, I like Druin the most. Four points in his last seven, shooting a fair bit. I'm excited to see what he can do with Suzuki on on the top line with Anderson as well. Uh Yasperi mean not too bad himself. Nine percent in Yahoo, 11 in ESPN. Having himself a little go here, man. Four points in his last four games. Uh, I'm not sure what he did tonight, but I, I can't imagine that he took away from his stats at all. <laughs> Eight hits in there as well. Six shots on goal. Second power play with Gallagher and Petrie. And then for D, like Ben Sherratt. I don't know if he broke his hand or if he just hurt it real bad, but he was in a fight. Um, I think maybe it could be worth taking a look at Alexander Romanov, who hasn't done fuck all in terms of offense since week one, but uh, he's hidden a lot and very available. Thirteen percent Yahoo, fifteen in ESPN. And then they do have, like we were saying at the top, they have a back-to-back set against Vancouver. So Jake Allen could be worth um, could be worth a shot Saturday or Friday, whichever it winds up being. Calgary to you, sir. Oh, Calgary. Calgary. What a show. Uh, you know. Matty Kachuk, top line. Just like I yeah. thought with fucking Sutter. Yeah, man. Uh,
1: and he deserves it. He deserves it. But they're all. What, Mangiapane just getting the shaft? <laughs> well, I could actually see. I, I like him on the third line. I don't mind that. But after just having a shit season, like wasting, wasting our Canucks back end that they stole from us so brutally. I mean, you know what? Uh, Sutter's been good. Uh, the guys have responded, albeit just a couple of games so far. He's there to work the guys. He's there to figure out uh, what guys are worth and who's going to be the future of the team, I think. You know, his contract isn't long, and I think they kind of brought him in just to put his foot down have a feeling they'll have a new coach in about three or four years and sort of a fresh look on their future. But who gives a shit? Um, for now, you know, a perfect example of this is Dylan Dubé playing on the top line, 2% owned, left wing, right wing, five points and 12 shots on goal in the last four games. Very Sutter, very Sutter. Um, and he's, you know, again, he's what's really true about Sutter is he's given him a chance and he's performed so far. Perennial favorite streamer, Michael Backlund, um, four points in his last six. And actually leading the team in shots, 20 shots on goal. Jeez, yeah, he is. Playing on line three with Maggi Apani is kind of cool, actually. And knowing what I think Sutter's going to be like, he's probably going to roll the top three lines pretty evenly. Maybe not Montreal evenly, but I think being on the third line might not be such a bad thing. Uh, Rasmus Anderson. D 38% owned. Uh he's on the top pairing with Geo, uh which is great, you know. It gives him a chance to be a bit more offensive when you know Geo is has got the the back held down. And he's PP1. He hasn't got a ton of points yet, but he's been shooting a lot and with PP1 and his reasonable peripherals, um I think he's worth
0: it. Yep, kept top power play one.
1: Yeah, right. So there's enough good guys in 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 Calgary. That with this fresh new Sutter attitude, they should be uh, there. Should be a chance for some points there. And uh, like I said, if you come through, Sutter will play.
0: I got Washington coming up next. Their uh, their schedule is a back to back Monday, Tuesday, Buffalo and the New York Islanders, and then another back to back against the New York Rangers Friday, Saturday. So we're going to get two games out of Samsonov. We're going to get two games out of Vanacek. Go grab them if you can. You know, if you need goalie starts this week, Wilson's still serving his. Suspension, so the lines are fairly predictable. You got Ovi, Backstrom, and Oshie on line one, then Verona and Kuznetsov on line two. Uh, the guys that I like here, everyone who is anyone is kind of owned here. So I think I, I usually err towards bangs at this point. Like Kuznetsov's in just-go-check territory, has been hitting a little bit of a stride here, which is good to see. But I, I guess like Garnet Hathaway, <laughs> he scored a goal tonight. Like, if, if, if you mixed out on Yanni Hakampa or Hakampa sweepstakes, then you can look to Hathaway. He's close to three hits a game, super available. And same goes for the D. Like, just look for bangs because Brendan Dillon is going to bring him and, and he's available too. It's all I got on Washington. Lars Eller got hurt tonight, so can't even use him. I don't know if he came back, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I got Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg up next. Um, they've been winning a lot. Seems like they have figured things out, settled in now that PLD's there, and they've kind of got a uh a really really hot top six, and then a definite line three and two solid PPs going. Um, they look pretty scary actually. Um, I love my Derek Forbort, as we all know, uh, D, 11% owned. It's just the blocks, four blocks goal tonight, you know, too. 21 minutes uh, time on ice. So More realistically, though, a guy who's really fucking awesome right now is Paul Stastny. Uh, they've moved him up to left wing on the top line with
0: uh, Shifley and Wheeler. Look at those faceoffs too, man. It's almost 65% in the last seven games.
1: Yeah, right, and he's playing on the top line, uh, left wing. So they've got Wheeler, Shifley, and Stastny, who can all basically take face-offs and uh, only be taking them when they really feel like they can win them in their best position. So it's great. And he's centering the top power play. Uh, but he's got five goals in the last seven games, which is a bit unsustainable at the 33% shooting, but that deployment is fucking killer. I hate it, but Josh Morrissey is on PP1
0: um it's insane neil pionk is so much better this year from what feels like a better unit too like that's where ehlers and um pld are and i think they connected tonight and it's like that unit's getting shit done pionk is like their most offensive defenseman and he's he's not even with the big dogs on power play one it's nuts
1: yeah well it kind of seems like it's part of the plan actually (laughs) You know the, the the top line is so hot that I think they've kind of sacrificed a couple of guys, uh, Ehlers uh, and him down to the second line so they can have a more even, uh, you know, two two line attack. With PLD there, it's a pretty pretty fucking solid uh, second power play, um, <laughs> and that's about it though. <laughs>
0: So I got Nashville coming up next, man. I've been hearing so much buzz about this Eckholm to the Flyers thing. Like Eckholm's connected to everyone, but uh, you know, just being close to Philly and everything, I, I hear a lot of it here. Apparently Arvidsson is included in the rumors. Like something involving Ghost, Gustafsson, and at First going back. It's all hearsay, but uh RV would be fun to get um to get a shooter on the power play. Every time they're on the power play, it looks like they're just practicing They're passing drills, but RV would be a fun look. I don't know how it's going to shake up the line combos here in Philly, but, uh, you know, just fun to think about. Uh, But my streamers from Nashville, Ellie Tolvanen, baby. He's got five points in his last eight. Four of those five points are power plays, and uh, he hits. He hits well, so I like it a lot. Yeah, was it what is it, like fourteen in his last eight?
1: Yeah, dude, he hits he's been he's a power play specialist, I guess he could say. Just want to give a shout out to Yoke and our uh from our interview series in the summer when we were uh doing our rounds and uh he gave us a uh some insight into some European fellows and uh he was one he was really high on who could make a, an immediate impact in the league and uh
0: clearly. Yoki Nevilleinen? Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Um so way to go man um good call you were right I took your advice got him in a few different dynasties and
0: uh he's actually legit to own and uh in oh, good on you yoki I got uh matthias Ekholm in my d spot here uh somehow stringing together a ton of offense seven points in his last eight games you know mostly due to three two point games but he's got good shots too like it's it's happening it continues to happen so might as well jump on it uh, I do want to urge caution, though. If he does get traded, I'm not seeing, like, an offensive explosion anywhere because he is being billed as a defensive defenseman and is probably going to get shoehorned into that role wherever he goes. So uh, Ekholm would be a perfect sell high if you're in a league that values, you know, like he's he's 37% on. So there, there's a ton of leagues where he's just on the wire, and anytime somebody snatches somebody off the wire and then immediately tries to trade them to me, I kind of feel... I'm a a bit incensed, but if you can, you know, if you can get away with the trade, I'd definitely be looking on shipping at Mount at this point, but, uh, you got Florida next, man. What's up?
1: Florida.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, they got a few things, a few things going on in Florida. A couple guys I'm really happy to see doing well again. Frankie V. Frankie Vetrano. Left wing, right wing, 9%. Uh, six goals in his last nine games. Totally sustainable. Uh, probably not that crazy rate, right? but the thing is, he's only shooting 23%, um, which is high, but it's not insane. Um, he's just been shooting a lot, so that's nice. That's nice to see. It means, uh, he's getting in there. He's getting in the game. Good, solid guy. But yeah, so he should, uh, should probably keep it up to some degree. Uh, Nolichari, center and right wing eligible. He's only 2% owned, um, five points in his last six. Granted, all three goals were in 12 minutes' time on ice versus Nashville. (laughs) Thanks, Nashville. Carter Verhege, he's fine, too. Uh, Center left wing, uh, 22%, six points in his last nine. Doing a lot of the (laughs) shooting. Yeah, tons of shots. Um, The guy who I'm really, really in love with now is, uh, I know, you know, it's not new. Um, A lot of people are, but Mackenzie Weger, I'm buying in uh he shot up to thirty percent oh thirty seven percent'm sorry uh five points in his last four games and he averages about three hits and blocks per game always um he can even go off for way more of either of those you know up to seven or eight uh solidly over twenty two minutes time on ice um and all the other good d there are offensive d so it kind of seems like his minutes are fairly safe. He's kind of a coach's dream on a team like that. So I think he's it's fair to say I'm 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 buying in. I'm into the Wigs, Mackie Wigs.
0: I got Edmonton coming up next. They have reunited the the super line. They got Drysdale Yamamoto and McDavid, which is good for Yamamoto, but just tragic for RNH. He has not been factoring in to a ton of offense. So I think it'd be a good buy low time because I don't see this line sticking together forever. So with that being said, it's kind of the, the Washington model here is anybody who's creating a ton of offense is already owned. You could just go check on Yamamoto, but outside that, I'm just here for the crunch. Got to talk about Jujar Kyra, man. Forty-one hits in his last seven games. Had a twelve-hit game against Toronto. Followed that up with an eight-hit game, a three-hit game, six-hit game, five-hit games. So the minutes are shit. Offense is shit. But he hits. He hits a lot. Uh, both him and Archibald, man, like they're both inside the top ten in the NHL for hits, and they're both widely available. And then on the the back end of things, Adam Larson, averaging like three hits, three blocks every game. So. 31% Adam Larson. He will block shots. He will get hits. He's going to help your team if you're in a banger league. Won't do much in points leagues.
1: Oh, God, yeah. But he's an elite, elite banger. Elite banger. Like Truba kind of, right? In that really useful.
0: He really ways. is. Boston, man. What do you like here? Boston? Hate him. It's, it's it's almost like another one of those, like, anybody who's doing a ton is already owned.
1: Yeah, anyone who's doing uh, fantastic is, you know, there's the big four, uh, well, the big three, the perfection line, and then uh, McAvoy's worked his way into 92%. Uh, so he's not really around, but Grizzlick has been getting some power play time and power play points, so he can be gettable. Uh, and just classic, uh, classic Krejci, classic Krejci. Um He's good. Um, but beyond that, I'm not really stoked on anyone. They got hammered
0: today too by the
1: Rangers. Yes. Um I don't know, man. I'm not uh, you know, like you said, perfection line is kind of the end of it for me.
0: Do it. Yeah. Krejci's on the top power play now, man. And and that like kind of skews my outlook for Nick Ritchie right now. Um what do you say? Is is it drop time for Nick Ritchie? He's got one point in his last six games. Ton of pims. But he seems to have lost favor with um, Cassidy, so like he he's just back to being a a hit streamer, and Pim's too. He's yeah,
1: yeah, not not down, not down. He was good while it lasted, uh, but I don't think anyone expected that uh, to happen for the rest of the season, did we?
0: I got Philadelphia to finish this out, man. We're going to talk about Scott Lawton, who has been a hot topic lately, man. He's got six points in his last eight games, 17% rostered, uh, 40 hits in his last eight games. That is it's a lot. Uh, And the shots are pretty good, too, to a game uh, deployment. You can't really complain. Philly likes to roll their lines, but I think Lawton has been featured inside the top six at times. Yeah, Lawton inside the top six with Hayes and Konechny. Um Konechny rung a post tonight. So Konechny's still looking looking like he's fighting to get back, at least like he's been better. He's he's not getting back to where he was, but um in the off season we kind of we already we made our peace with that, except for Zach. But uh yeah. Uh in terms of D, Shane got his despair. We talked about him at the beginning of the show. It's uh it's hard to swallow, but it's worth doing because 13% owned he's got now five points in his last nine I think he said 29 shots like shot volume is just crazy good he is top power play for what that's worth and and that's my Philly outlook I mean there's always Kevin Hayes is like you know available in half leagues kind of trucking along everywhere shots are good hits are good uh face-offs right around 50% um surprisingly Lawton wow Lawton is at 75% face-offs in the last two weeks which is nuts. Somebody hit DM us today. And we're like, uh, I'm in a points only. Can I get rid of Provorov for Gus despair? It's like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, a lot of Provorov's value is tied to those hits and blocks, but I mean, he's doing that and he's shooting and the points, like they're not non-existent or anything, but he's got four points in his last eight. Uh, So did, so did Ghost going into tonight, but I don't know. Ghost is just more exciting in a points league. I think right now, my advice was you can't just drop somebody 90% owned without shopping them first. So you definitely got to go see what's out there and try and trade them. You know, like even if it's in a package, open yourself up a streamer spot, get yourself a to spare two, and upgrade a, a spot on your roster. You got Buffalo to finish this off. Anything worth doing there? I think it's Riley Sheehan on the top line. I think that top line center is going to rotate.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I There's nothing. Um, I have more of a question about Buffalo. Do you think, do you think that there's anybody given this humongous shit sandwich, um, and then losing, you know, losing Eichel, blah, 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 blah. They're just junk. Is there anybody you could see kind of trying to go, well, this is my big chance. I just see it's it's going to hurt Darlene. It's going to kill the power play. Like, Hall is just looking for the next ticket out of town. I don't know why he would want to stay right now. Um, I don't know who would want to sign him at this point either. He hasn't shown much. Um, Olofsson, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Reinhardt is... He's doing his thing. I just don't know if he's... He's he's the focus now. He's the star of the team. I don't know if Reinhardt is... An, if he can be the star of a team. So... I don't know. It's tough in Buffalo. I got a good, I have a really good buddy, Rob, in Buffalo. Called him the other day just to make sure he was okay, man.
0: (laughs) What about, uh, what about, uh, like, Reinhardt, man? I mean, he's still plugging along, but I can only assume what his ownership has done since he proved himself to be the only relevant player there. Yeah, 57%. uh, 52. 52. 52,
1: sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You just do you want Reinhardt to be the star of a team? I just don't think that he can handle it. Uh, it's just not worth it. But sure, maybe as a plug, the final guy on your team.
0: But Why can't he just share some of that shooting percentage with Taylor Hall? Uh,
1: I'm so done. I'm honestly, I might even just drop Taylor Hall. I might just drop drop him. Um, I I got him in a couple of teams at a reasonable price. And I expected to kind of go, ha ha! See, I told you, he no, he sucks balls.
0: All right, that finishes us out, man. But we want to do the streamer of the week. Who is your streamer of the week out of anybody we talked tonight? I know mine. It's Brandon Tanev. Like even on heavy nights, you're gonna play him because he's gonna do what he is supposed to do. Like he's a marquee hits guy. So you're gonna you're gonna have him in your lineup, I think, for those heavy nights because you know he's gonna get you four and a half hits a game. And with apparent options for points too, like him or Kasperi Kapanen, if like depending on which side you're playing, if you're in a points league, or you, you're in need of points, Kasperi Kapanen's my play. But Brendan Tanev for for most other leagues.
1: Yeah, I love uh, love Kapanen um, a lot. Love him a lot. Him and Malkin are just fantastic. But Astasny got to go with Astasny for me. Um, just such a such sure. a good situation to be in top power play crushing it um the team is really on fire and uh yeah yeah stasny for me
0: i'm even going to toss in alex killorn just because of all those weak penalty kills that he's going up against like there's going to be a good chance for points there on d is there anybody that we mentioned tonight that is kind of sticking out to you on defense for bort derek Forbort. yeah <laughs> you know i just love him. Uh I'll go, I'll go Matthias Eckholm that's what I'll do because the offense has been there and and you know how i feel about shots so he's been shooting or adam larson just as the safe pick but that's so boring because he's gonna do exactly what i think he's gonna do but uh that's gonna wrap it up man so that's it we got tuesday trends coming up next if you want a hot player or a cold player featured on the show be sure to get in touch with us either in the discord we have a channel for that or on twitter you guys can reach us at fhf hockey so look forward to hearing from you and we'll talk to you tuesday guys take care we love you
1: love you